My family left our apartment late last night. We had been making quite merry, as Bob Cratchit would have put it. My husband and I moved around the room, chatting, gathering up the last bit of the forgotten glasses and bits of wrapping paper. And we started talking about how are we going to celebrate New Year's Eve? We had made it through Christmas past tense, and now, quite unawares, we were on to the next. Somehow, somehow, today is December 26th. The church marks Christmas as having 12 days, but for most of our neighbors, for our shared American culture, the big show is pulling up stakes and leaving town. And as someone in the 12 days of Christmas business this year, I get it. It's been a tough year for Christmas spirit. Some of you have told me that you were just starting to get into it, just starting to get excited for a more familiar, less cautious Christmas season when our virus cases began to surge again. So it's taken some real effort to try to find a way to celebrate, to find a way that it might feel like Christmas. It's taken enough effort that it's hard to blame anyone for being finished now. And as someone in the 12 days of Christmas business, as someone who feels quite strongly that the miracle of Christ's incarnation ought to be celebrated and focused on all year long, I've always found it a bit interesting that it's this gospel reading that the church has selected. This prologue to John's gospel is the first gospel that we hear every year as soon as our Christmas celebration is over, the first Sunday after Christmas. Every year, for the dedicated people who come back to church on Sunday after worshiping with us on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, this is what you hear, the prologue to John's gospel. Gone are the major, the manger and the magi, gone the oxen and the ass and the heavenly host. Though here is a little John the Baptist, in case we're still not clear on him after four weeks of Advent. I don't mean to poke fun because this portion of John's gospel is beautiful, that the word was with God and was God and was in the beginning with God. It's a familiar rhythm, it's a poem, and the interplay of light and dark, again, it's beautiful. But it can sometimes just wash over you a bit, just a bit. It's okay to feel a bit washed over this morning. It's perfectly okay to not quite know what this prologue means, even if it is very beautiful. So I just want to say a few words about the word word in hopes that it might feel like a bit of a key to understanding what John is trying to say. To paraphrase an old line, they say in the beginning was the word. Well, which one? The word. The word John is using, word, written in the original Greek is logos. It means word or saying or mandate or decree, all of those things relating to speech. And logos is an important word to Greek philosophers in particular, the philosophically minded and learned of that time. Logos also means reason or central principle, logic, rationality itself. In the beginning was the Logos, this divine word, the central principle of life. 
God's vision of the universe in the beginning was the heart, mind, and creative will of God, is how the Christian author Adam Hamilton explains it. It was logic that created the cosmos. John is truly hearkening back to Genesis here, the very beginning. In this one sentence, this one fragment of a sentence really, in the beginning was the word. John wants everyone of his time listening. Everyone learned, familiar with Greco-Roman ways of teaching and understanding, he wants them listening. And everyone faithful to the God that John loved. Everyone familiar with Jewish scripture, he wants them listening too. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, is how John starts, both writing a poem and drawing a bright, clear line between Adonai and the Son of God, Jesus Christ. A word, an act of speech, is distinct from someone, and yet it embodies them. What an amazing way to think about Jesus, that Jesus is an embodiment of everything that God wants to say to us. Distinct from God and yet flowing from God, Jesus Christ is God's word made flesh. And the word of God, the active message of divine love has been there from the beginning. Not just the beginning of the Christmas story, the story of Mary and Joseph and the angel Gabriel. The word of God was in the very beginning in the beginning when the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, that is when God spoke. God said, let there be light, and and spoke light into creation. Daylight and nighttime, the sky and the land and the ocean, God spoke. The dynamic word of God's love has stood from the very beginning. Even then, the embodiment of everything that God wants to say to us. Jesus Christ is God's word made flesh, and the Christmas story, the story of the birth of God's love into the world, is the story of life itself. The love of Jesus, that newborn baby in a poor barnyard stall, the incarnate love of Christ is not new. It's just new to us. In the beginning, God spoke. God's creative, dynamic, and endless love spoke the world into being, spoke order into chaos, spoke meaning into nothingness. And with the birth of Jesus, God spoke again, spoke the order of love into the chaos of empire, spoke hope into hopelessness, spoke meaning and dignity into the life of every human being. The word of God is not just the mind and the purpose of God, not just the divine logic that underpins the universe. The word of God is not just every possible depth and nuance of this word logos. It's also simply Jesus. Jesus is everything that God wants to say to us. The word of God. The clear declaration of love for the world has been from the very beginning. From the beginning of creation, from the beginning of time, from the declarations of the prophets, and from the first soft rushing of wings when the angel Gabriel spoke to a young, unmarried Jewish girl named Mary. 
God's love for us has been from every beginning, even ours, this day and this year. At my very beginning today, I said it's been a tough year for the Christmas spirit. But John is telling us the Holy Gospel is speaking to us that God's love for us, love stronger than death, passion fiercer than the grave, that word of love is spoken into our lives from the very beginning. So even if you're tired, that's okay. That's the Christmas spirit. If you're hungry, if you're hopeless, that's the Christmas spirit. If you're afraid, if you think that grace and truth and God's incarnate love for us were born in a manger stall that's just too far away to do anything for you, that is the Christmas spirit. And God so loved the world, God so loves you that he has spoken. God's word has become flesh in Jesus Christ, who has dwelt among us, become one of us, and will go anywhere with us and for us. The life of Jesus is everything that God wants to say to us. So whatever your Christmas spirit, know that God has sent his word, his son, to speak to you. And once again, this year as every year, This is only the beginning of the story. Amen.